Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. A recruiter might ask you this interview question during your first interview. Even more likely is your second interview. By your third or later interview, you're going to be flying really close to the sun of this interview killer. Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, two-time director of town acquisition, and today, your host of the job interview experience. In this episode, I'm digging into a question that sends shivers down spines and sweat beads onto foreheads. I'm nervous just talking about it. The question is, tell me about a challenge or conflict you faced at work and how you dealt with it. It's deceptively simple, yet it holds the power to transform you from hero to zero. You know why you're here, and I know why I'm here. Together, we're going to face this question head on and come out ahead. That's right, we're about to dissect this monster of a question, reveal its vulnerabilities, and equip you with the tools to slay it with grace and finesse. First, let's avoid the common mistakes that turn this question into a banana peel of for your career aspirations, one that you don't want to slip on. You might launch into a dramatic monologue about navigating a toxic workplace, leaving your interviewer questioning your judgment and wondering why you'd ever want to step back into the grind. Or you might spin a yarn that's so thin it couldn't even hold a single bead of conflict. Like, oh, the biggest challenge I faced was deciding between two equally delicious lunch sandwich options. Both of those approaches, either showing that you've never really had conflict and downplaying it or really digging into the drama, both of those approaches are artificial and scream a lack of understanding or depth. Not answering this question, a non-answer, might be worse than just a bad or boring answer. If you can't take the heat of this question in job interview form, how can you navigate conflict in the real world? There's some reasons that this question haunts us. It stocks us through every interview. 
Recruiters, although I like making fun of them, they aren't sadists who enjoy watching your palms get sweaty because of your nerve spiking. They're seeking valuable intel on you. The first is your problem-solving ability. Can you identify issues, strategize solutions like a chess player and execute them efficiently? Execute them without the problem exploding. Second would be your ability to communicate. Do you communicate clearly, calmly, and constructively even while you're under pressure? The next is your leadership potential. Can you take initiative? Can you navigate a storm of disagreement like a skilled captain and build consensus and create harmony amongst your team? Or maybe you're one of the team players and you helped create harmony or avoid conflict. And I, I think resilience is really important here too. How do you even talk about the conflict? Was it terrible, the worst thing ever? Or did you learn from it? Did you, the term I like to use, did you ride the wave instead of, of sink? Did you ride the wave and use the, the experience to qualify you further for what's next, the opportunity that you're discussing with them today? Essentially, they want to see if you're resourceful, level-headed, a team player who can handle the inevitable curveball that professional life throws your way. This isn't just for managers talking about their teams. This is especially important if you're just a what you'd consider a team member and you became a leader by handling something like a mature professional. You're not just a cog in the machine. You are a resourceful problem solver, a collaborator, and an adaptable team player who can thrive under pressure. You're thoughtful. You show through this question that you're calm, capable of avoiding drama and turning it into something productive. That's the type of person I want to work for. Someone who can take a drama, take attention on a team, talk through it, work through it, and get everyone on the same page and in a better spot than they were before. These things, drama doesn't happen on every team, but conflict typically does. It's inevitable, whether it's just relaxed verbal disagreements or a lot of tension in the workplace. That's inevitable. Someone who can take that and help everyone come out ahead like I said, that's the type of leader I want to work for. That's the type of teammate I want to have on my team. Next up is red flags to avoid while answering this. But first, I want to thank a couple of listeners for leaving reviews. HH Gasm said, great resource for quick learning. Thank you for your examples and how to walk through what might be in the minds of our interviewers as well as our minds. It helps make the content relevant and applicable, actionable. Really, kudos to you for sharing your experience and making a business out of it. Keep it going. Thank you so much for that. And TXFL Gal said, practical advice. The episode addressing why one can't get an interview was super helpful. Situations and what applicants can do to rectify are explained. If the situation is out of the applicant's influence, that was also detailed. Thank you, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. TXFL gal wrote a great review, but left four out of five stars. Really wish it was five stars. If you can leave a quick rating on Spotify or a rating and review on Apple, I'll read it on air. Thank you so much. Back to red flags to avoid. Before I dig into winning answers, here are some bad answers I've seen, or I guess I've heard. I've never interviewed anyone via text message or email or chat. 
so I haven't really seen interview responses, just heard them. Anyway, here's the type of responses that I've run into that you should avoid. The first would be blaming others. So pointing fingers at colleagues or bosses is about as appealing as wearing socks with sandals. Actually, I, I do that. That's what I'm doing right now. That's where I got the example. Uh-oh. Focus on your own actions and learning. Take ownership. If you consider your current or past workplace to be full of drama and you blame that on others, it just makes you look like you're part of it. That's what dramatic people do is they always say, oh, everyone else is dramatic, not me. Don't blame a boss or a manager for creating a toxic workplace. I don't think that's the right way to approach this, even if that person was terrible. Just saying it out loud during your interview reflects badly on you. They don't know that manager. They don't know the truth of who caused the problem. Don't trivialize the conflict. I've seen this. Don't downplay the challenge. Choose a situation with real stakes and impact. This isn't the time for anecdotes about the Wi-Fi going out at work or a paper jam in the printer. Talk about real life things that are, are big. Don't make a joke out of it by saying something simple or that had immediate resolution. Another mistake is going solo. Make sure that you highlight teamwork and collaboration. Even if you were the main person driving the resolution of the conflict, give credit and compliment to others. You can even compliment people that helped you learn these skills in your career. So maybe it's a one-on-one -on -one issue and you kind of drove the resolution. You can reflect back on people who maybe taught you these skills or that were a great example. It, I always think it's great to compliment others even by like first name during your interview. It just shows that you're the type of person who learns and remembers who you've learned from. Briefly mention folks that were great examples. Don't make them the main topic though of your response to this. Don't make it about someone else. Try and make it about you. Remember, teamwork makes the dream work, whether it's in this scenario or people you've learned from throughout your whole life. Negative outcomes, don't dwell on failure. Emphasize the positive lessons learned and the solutions that you found. Like I said earlier, frame the challenge as a stepping stone rather than a pitfall, something that the interviewer wants to see growth from you, growth from the situation. So show what you learned from it. Show how it helped you get to the next level as a leader, as an employee, as a professional. Okay, so how about some awesome answers for you to use as your framework or your template? Let's dig into five different scenarios I have here that showcase your conflict resolution skills. First would be, uh, we'll call it technical tug of war. So you could say something like this. During a software development project, two senior engineers both championed clashing technical approaches. Recognizing the potential for delays in demotivation, I didn't just sit back and watch the, this conflict unfold. I facilitated a collaborative discussion where we explored both options, identified their strengths and weaknesses, and ultimately forged a consensus solution that combined the best of both. We delivered the project on time and under budget, but the true win was the strengthened team spirit and deeper understanding we gained from navigating the technical disagreement together. This experience taught me the value of active listening, critical thinking, and collaborative 
problem solving and building bridges, not walls with a team. This type of answer highlights communication, problem solving, collaboration in a technical environment and adaptability. Also, like with the communication in this example here, you listened, right? You listened to other people. You didn't just say, hey, here's the solution. Everyone listen to me or everyone do what I say. You listen to others to create the best outcome. Next one is about a client. Here's another example you can use. A key client expressed dissatisfaction with our marketing campaign. Instead of panicking, I actively listened to their concerns, delved into the campaign data like a data detective and proposed a data-driven revision plan. I presented it to the team and the client, incorporating their valuable feedback, and we implemented the changes with laser focus. The revised campaign not only exceeded the client's expectations, leading to a renewed contract, but also boosted morale within our team. So I think that one's really good. They saw their efforts directly translate into client satisfaction and team success. The experience taught me the importance of active listening, data-driven analysis, and clear communication, not only satisfying clients, but also fostering internal team spirit and motivation. This is also good because it shows that maybe at the beginning you did fail a little bit. Your campaign wasn't up to snuff. That happens to all of us. Maybe it's a presentation that's not up to snuff. Maybe it, it's output from your team that wasn't as great as it could have been. So you're admitting that in the interview. That's, that's perfectly fine. But then what you did is you took that, you listened, you used some data, you created something that was even better than it was before. And the biggest thing here, biggest win here is that the client came back and spent more money with you, right? They increased their budget. Everyone was happy. Uh, that, uh, that's, something, that's a story I heard and has stuck with me since that interview. Next one would be about budgets. So here's an example response. We faced a sudden budget cut mid project. This, by the way, listeners, story of my professional life, budget cuts, which could have sent us spiraling into a budget-induced black hole. Instead of throwing in the towel, I rallied the team and we brainstormed creative solutions. We identified inefficiencies, negotiated with vendors, and repurposed exi existing resources with a laser focus on cost effectiveness. Through a collaborative brainstorm, and strategic cost cutting, we delivered the project on schedule and within the reduced budget, earning praise from management in demonstrating our resourcefulness and ability to adapt under pressure. This experience honed my leadership skills, taught me the importance of resource management, and solidified my belief in the power of creative problem solving, even in the face of financial constraints. Here is an ethical-based one. One day, a colleague approached me with a business practice that raised my ethical antenna. Instead of turning a blind eye and hoping it wouldn't explode in our faces, I addressed my concerns calmly and directly. I explained the potential consequences of their proposed action and offered alternative solutions that aligned with our company's ethical compass. We ended up discussing the issues with our supervisor who not only supported our approach, but also commended our integrity and commitment to upholding the company's values. This experience taught me the importance of speaking up when something feels wrong, even if it's uncomfortable, and the value of a team that operates with shared ethical principles and a commitment to doing the right thing. 
This one demonstrates ethical awareness, conflict resolution skills, courage, and teamwork. We don't talk about courage enough on this podcast. I should I should dig into that a little bit more and what a demonstration of courage does during your interview. Okay, last one. During a major event, a technical glitch threatened our meticulously planned showcase. I remained calm and collected even though my heart rate was skyrocketing. Channeling my inner disaster management background, I quickly assessed the situation, delegated tasks to my team members with laser precision, and kept everyone informed, ensuring we weren't all running around like headless chickens. While the tech team Tackled the glitch, I improvised solutions to minimize disruption and even managed to salvage some key elements of the event. While not everything went according to plan, we turned a potential disaster into a testament of our professionalism, quick thinking, and ability to adapt under pressure. The client was impressed by our composure and resourcefulness, and even awarded us a bonus for our handling of the unexpected This experience solidified my belief in the importance of staying calm under pressure, leading in a crisis, and adapting to the unexpected. This response here kind of doubles down. So the interviewer throws you a stressful, crazy question. And with this answer, you kind of throw a a stressful, crazy situation back at them. So not only was it a conflict, not only was it a challenge, It was chaos. I I like this one only if it applies to you and your work. So there's five examples there. I tried to kind of come up with ones that could apply to different people because everyone listening has a different background, different types of work. Some of you might be in super chill workplaces. Some of you might be at jobs where like the, the fire alarms go off, not actually, but like fire alarms go off and it's all hands on deck and things get crazy. So remember, these are just five examples to help get your creative juices flowing. The key is to choose a real-life challenge that you faced, one that showcases your problem-solving skills, your communication skills, your ability to navigate conflict constructively. Be specific, be genuine, and don't forget to inject your personality and make your answers stand out amongst others. Not only will you stand out for how you respond to this, but the depth of your response, what you've learned from it, how you tell this story also plays a big part into winning this. This is a big one to write down. Your response that you're going to use, this is one that you have to write down. Outline it, memorize it. Seriously, don't think that listening to this episode and being done is enough. I'm handing this tool over to you and It's now your turn to use it. Seriously, practice your answer beforehand. Role play with a friend. I talked about this recently. Just use your cell phone and record yourself. Say the question out loud, pretending to be someone else, and then give yourself a time to respond. Before you write this down, if you don't believe me, try giving a good response to this just off the top of your head and see how it turns out. See how many times you say, um, and you know, and all that. Record yourself to identify areas for improvement and ensure you deliver a concise response with clarity and confidence. Preparation is key to conquering any interview question. So go out there, 
ace this next conversation, winning this answer will make you stand out from other candidates that have equal or even better skills than you do. This one is make or break. So the next time the dreaded challenge and conflict question rears its ugly head, remember the lessons learned here. Approach it with confidence, highlight your strengths, and leave the interviewer convinced that you are a conflict-conquering team player, the very one that they've been searching for. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.